You are listening to Before Anyone Else, Family Pressures, From Marriage to Divorce, featuring Netflix's Dating Around, Gurki Basra. Welcome back to another episode of Before Anyone Else. I'm Keith. And I'm Amanda. Follow us on social media. Our Instagram is at Bay Podcast, where you'll find new episode alerts, memes, polls, and you can even slide into our DMs with your audience questions. We're also collecting listener feedback on our website, baypodcast.com. On today's episode of Bay Podcast, we have Gurki Basra from Netflix Dating Around. I know some people are familiar with you, but who are you? What do you do related to this space? And you know, what do you bring to this episode? Sure. Thanks for having me. So my name's Gurky. I was featured on season one of Netflix Dating Around, episode two. Title of the episode coincidentally is Gurky. Um, but my episode was uh, a little volatile. The, the premise of the show is just fun. You go on five dates and then at the end you pick a guy of one of those five to go on a second date with. Um, in my episode, I get into a little bit of an altercation with somebody and that clip a went a little <laughs> just a little um, and that clip went uh, viral when the episode launched and hit 6.1 million views on Twitter I guess Netflix tweeted out and it just kind of took a life of its own um and yeah, and since then, uh, I I come from the fashion industry and I've been in retail for over 15 years, uh, working as an executive now, but I've also just launched my own website, teamgurky.com. Hashtag Team Gurky is actually a hashtag that went viral as well when that clip went viral. And so uh, the entire premise of my platform is just to empower women to live outside social norms. So first of all, that episode was single-handedly i think the saving grace for that show because it's because it went viral um and i think because people could relate to it especially you know um not only people who are like people of color but also uh, people who are divorced and who didn't understand the situation or even the not only cultural side but the societal pressures too as well and that's sort of why we wanted to have you on too as well right Totally. And that was the interesting thing about the show is they paired me up with guys of all different backgrounds. So there was a guy from Israel. There was a guy from Palestine, actually. Uh, you know, there's an African-American badass cop that I went on a date with. Um, and, you know, of course, there's also your you know, Caucasian male. Um, and so it was really, you know, it was fun to actually get to know these various individuals and talk culture and talk about kind of our backgrounds and how we grew up. And then there was also Bam, who was Puerto Rican. And so a lot of different conversations. Um, and for me, it was just, it was actually really cool to kind of speed date and get to know these guys. Yeah. So speaking of dating, I mean, this is a dating podcast. Um, do you mind giving us a bit of like your relationship past history journey? In terms of like my cultural background, my family is from an area in India called Punjab. I was born in France, but I moved to Houston when I was 12. So I consider myself American, Ind Indian American, American and Indian, however you want to say that. Um, and I got married to my first boyfriend when I was 25. He was from the same cultural background, looked great on paper, you know, same place in Punjab his family was from is where my family was from. Uh, but unfortunately, the relationship didn't work out and I got divorced. 
divorced five years later. Um, since then, I've been sort of dating, but I'm still not necessarily in a in a sort of committed. You know, I'm not. In, I'm still single. So I mean, th- this is the interesting portion, and once again, this is the reason why we wanted to have you on this episode is because there is sort of like a a pressure to sort of get married. And uh, the going back to the episode. Um, sorry, what was his name? Was it just uh, Justin? Yes, Justin. I yes, love Justin. that you, by the way, don't know who he is because yes, I mean, oh, to be fair, you're the star, right? Uh, I appreciate that, but to be fair, he did he did put the show kind of on the map with his ridiculousness. So, but but I love that anyway. Sorry, I digress. Did he ever apologize? <laughs> I have not heard from him since then. No. He doesn't look like a certain type of person who would apologize to be <laughs> no, honest. I mean, he did not. gaslight you. He did what he did, right? But kind of going back to it, Justin didn't understand it. And they. Don't, I don't think a lot of people understand the societal, even, sorry, cultural or even societal pressures that were around you. Can you explain some of these that you had to go through? I got married um, to like my first boyfriend. So it's not like it was an arranged marriage or anything. Uh, But when I got married, I did have some doubts about the relationship, but I didn't necessarily speak up about them. And so to my parents, it was very much like, oh, cool, you're dating someone that's Punjabi. When do you want to get married? Like, well, let's do this. Like, when can we meet his family? Like, what year do you want to get married? What do you want to wear? What jewelry are you going to? And it just like automatically (laughs) jumped to that. It exploded, yeah. It totally exploded yeah and so um on my episode i actually kind of explained some of that to justin this fellow and he didn't understand how i could have proceeded with the marriage even though i had doubts about the relationship and um and he was just very judgmental my parents had an arranged marriage actually and they they met on their wedding day so my mom saw photos and she said okay he seems cool and I mean I'm sure she didn't use those words obviously but uh, <laughs> uh, but he seems good he has the right job whatever and they literally met on their wedding day and so that's another thing that uh, Justin quite didn't understand like he thought it was like the grossest thing he's ever heard but my parents have figured out like how to make it work you know like they're happy and my, par- my brother and I had a great life and still have a great life they're very supportive um anyway and so for them because they come from that culture where they met on the wedding day and they just had to make it work there's that pressure where even if you have a quote-unquote love marriage and you meet somebody that you're dating they don't understand like well why wouldn't you just get married you met him you love you like love each other you're dating like cool like let's do this so for them it's just really hard to understand um how you could not make it work so they kind of automatically just jump to cool let's get married like let's get that box Yeah. And, you know, like, like you're saying about your parents, I mean, I look at my own family and my grandparents were actually had an arranged marriage. And for the longest time when I was a lot younger, I would just like keep kind of like pressing my grandma. I'm like, like, what was your thought process? Like, what was, you know, like, what were those steps that you took? And a lot of it, like a lot of her answers at that point in time were like, I didn't want to rock the boat. Like my parents were really, you know, on board with this. They really wanted to happen. And I just, you know, like she had such a, it was such like a simple answer. And for the longest time, I just couldn't really wrap my mind around it, you know? And I was like, but here you are with like, you know, like four kids now and you built this life. And so at some level, there must've been some good there, right? Like we can't, I couldn't, it was really hard to understand, but I was like, at some point, I mean, you've built this like really long-term strong bond over time and I'm seeing that and our family has now grown. So, you know, there's something really 
It's really interesting. And I know a lot of people don't necessarily understand. And I know that new Netflix show, Indian Matchmaking, brings a lot of these issues to light. But seeing it play out, you know, it gives us some insight into the cringe. And then also just how strong and powerful those expectations are and how difficult it, like those conversations can be. Totally. And it's like a different, you know, I mean, except for that show, it's a different age now and you have options. But like, you know, back in the day when my grandma was living in the village and they had a tiny, tiny pool of people and they all considered themselves family and to meet a potential partner, it's not like you could just go on an app or go to the bar. Like it had to be through the families, you know, once they were ready. And so so from like a like social perspective, it makes sense how that all came about. Um, But it does put people like ourselves in this weird conundrum because, you know, uh, my family moved to the U.S. Like my mom must have been in her 30s. And, you know, when they moved, India kind of kept evolving and their thinking. And like my cousins I have that are still that were from India, like they dated, they went out to bars, etc. But my parents had kind of a more traditional thinking. And so even um, that, you know, and being here, they also moved and they, you know, they didn't know the language, had to learn the systems, had to figure out, you know, how to open a bank account, do all of those things. And they kind of kept to themselves and, um, you know, got help from fellow other Indians. And so they didn't quite adopt this. Now, now, of course, they're much more Western and they understand it and they're totally, you know, supportive. But when I was getting divorced, they still didn't quite understand why and it was really difficult for them to come to grips with that even though in india people get divorced like all the time but as you saw on the show there's still a lot of stigma and judgment and all of that stuff around it too i feel like a lot of people are just kind of pretending that it's not a issue that you know when you get a divorce it's kind of seen as like and you kind of mentioned it before i've read in many interviews you're just like oh there's People treat it as, or even in the show, people treat it as like, oh, I'm so sorry for you. Like it's a funeral or something, right? <laughs> it's either that or it gets swept under the rug, right? Like I feel like that's the culture. Totally. You're so right. It's either like you have to be like shy and oh no, poor me, I got divorced and like demure about it. Or you're just like this like American person that's like, F you, I got divorced. And I'm like, it's not like there's shades of gray there. Um, but yeah, I think, and even like, and Indians aside, even as a woman, an American woman, even when I go on a date with, you know, my ex-boyfriend was black, my boyfriend before that was white, you know, um, but even when I go on dates with Americans, there's still that, you know, they're like, oh, you know, you tell them I'm divorced. Oh, I'm so sorry. But it's like, like, I'm cool. Like, there's nothing like I'm okay. There's still that sort of stigma or whatever. What did your parents think about when like when you actually went through the divorce? And did you have to explain why? Well, I'm pretty sure you had to explain why. But like, how did you explain that to your parents, especially with them having that mentality, right? Totally. I mean, to be fair and honest to my parents, like I, when I had doubts, like I didn't, comm- and when I was younger, even before I was married, like I didn't really say a whole lot because I myself was like, you know, overspinning, overthinking, or, you know, am I being overly picky? Why do I feel like this? Like my parents were able to settle or maybe, you know, and I just kept rationalizing it. Um, And then when I did eventually start to communicate those doubts, it was more about like problem solving and compromising. And again, it's just a different thinking. Like they come from an arranged marriage life. And so, um, and then when So for them, it was more about figuring out ways to be more supportive to me and like, you know, maybe bringing up the issues to my husband and just kind of relationship 
you know, things. And then when, you know, I realized that it just really was not going to work and I communicated that to them, they really couldn't accept it. And the reason for that is, again, in the Indian community, it's not just about the two people. It's about the families and our families were so intertwined. Like they went to the same Sikh temple, you know, they invited each other to their houses for any event. You know, my cousins were friends with his cousins. So it, we were one giant family. And so to decouple all of those people was really tough and they just didn't understand how to do it um, or why. Um, now they totally see me happy and, you know, not to get into too many details about my ex-husband, but he had substance abuse issues. There was just a lot going on there that, you know, as a 25 year old, I just was not able to kind of help him get over the hump anyway. So, yeah, so it was really tough for them. But I had to actually take six months apart from my family and not communicate with anyone at all as I went through the divorce process, the legal paperwork, because they because they just didn't understand it. Is it because they once again, it's they couldn't understand it. Was there a lot of people talking about this? Because thinking of like Indian communities, they love to talk, right? There's a lot of gossip. Is that is that why you took that uh, kind of six month away from them? It, it kind of got too hard to handle. It was too much because they. It was almost like they thought I was like the girl that cried wolf or something. You know, like I had complained about some issues. We weren't able to work through some, and they just kind of thought it would blow over. And, you know, they would do little things like, you know, still invite him over. The they live in Texas. At the time, I was living in Ohio. And my ex-husband, when we separated, moved back to Texas. And I was still in Ohio. So he was where my whole family, everyone was. And they were still, like, socializing. Which it wasn't an amicable divorce. Like I wish it had been, but it wasn't. And so for me, I just didn't feel supported. And for them, they were like, well, we've known we were together 12 years. So for them, it was like another son and they didn't really understand. And, you know, they were trying to be supportive through the process. But I think they thought that it was going to kind of blow over. And so, yeah, so I just had to take a break to do what I knew was going to be best for me without the constant like is this the right thing maybe you guys can work it out what about this like I just had to be like it's not gonna work and I just have to do this without kind of all the noise I want to bring it back to um the reason why this is all happening is it because going back to the marriage pressure like what what were your parents saying like as soon as they told you uh, sorry as soon as you told them hey i found someone and like is it mostly from the older people is like were your friends like okay yeah let's go get him like what was that around <laughs> that's that kind of yeah. <laughs> we, we bagged him yeah, yeah we bagged him right yeah well uh we were dating like undercover which back then a lot of like and i'm sure still happens a lot of indian people used to do because you're like i wasn't allowed to date in high school or anything or college and so so even college. Um, and so they actually found out through like a friend of a friend or a cousin. Like, I don't even know how they found out we were dating. And at the time that we were dating, I, I lived in Austin, which is two hours away from where my family lives in Houston. And like one day, his family just happened to be at my house in with my parents while I was in Austin. I think I called like, hey, what do you guys and I'm like, why are they over there? And so they were already like having conversations about it and trying to become friends because they knew we were dating. Dating, even though it's not like we like told them we were dating, we didn't announce, hey, guys, we're dating and he's the one. But they were already kind of like, oh, awesome. Let's be friends. Let's get to know each other. Like it just kind of slowly. I mean, it's, it's like your families are literally getting married when you get married. 
I feel like that's what people don't like, you know, people of color that aren't of color don't really understand like the depth of like that relationship and like how important it is to the families to like have that bond right from the get go. And I think it's actually like a beautiful thing if it works out like my um, so I'm in Oregon right now visiting my grandma at my uncle's house and my uncle has a daughter. So my cousin, she's married, has a beautiful two year old daughter and they had an arranged marriage like they met, walked around the block, like hit it off, decided to get to know each other over the phone. And um, I think they only met like a couple of times and decided like, yeah, let's do this. And they like totally and he's from the u.s she's from india and you know and their families are really supportive of one another so her husband helps you know her parents go to the doctor's office and do all the and she does the same thing for his family so there is like a really beautiful component to it it you know just like everything there's good and bad but it's just the bad can be really bad (laughs) is that why you sort of felt or you were having these doubts is because you were also thinking about the family side too as well you might have seen hey your family's getting along and there's there's so much of this pressure like was that also part of it too as well yeah 100 and his family and he was also like when we met like badass like amazing i was friends with all his cousins we were kind of from a generational perspective you know his family moved here around the same time that our family moved here so we had very similar values and really got along um so yes there was a lot of that like is it worth undoing all of this, you know, during the divorce and, you know, while getting um, pressured to get engaged, it, you know, that definitely played into my thinking, like, well, everything else is great. So like, what's my problem? Like, why am I being so picky? And picky is like that catchphrase when a girl has doubts, she's being picky. It really is like, you know, like we were talking about earlier, the gossip, the like, everybody's talking about it. And then the reputation within the culture, right? And like, how people perceive divorce that's the like the bigger piece of this right which i think is why it goes unfortunately parents aren't always asking that first question like are you happy how do you feel about it it's because they're trying to you know maintain these this reputation within the community and like because you grow up in the this pressure and these ideals like i didn't communicate my doubts either and like you you do put up a a bit of a not a front but like they didn't really know how unhappy i was and it wasn't until i came out of it that they saw this big change in who i am now versus who i was they're like oh like oh, this is what happens when somebody's actually living their truth. Like, this is gurky shit. We didn't even see the difference. And so I think sometimes because you don't see these examples of people coming out of divorce and being able to be happy and thriving and, you know, respectful of themselves, even though they're divorced or damaged or, you know, um, it. I don't know, it helped, it helped them kind of accept it. Did other families start... Uh, who are kind of in this circle that you have, which is so normal when it comes to uh, the Indian culture, did they start finding out and start asking your parents, oh, how can she talk about these things? Or like, what about that side of it? Or did no one even talk about that? I think everyone was pretty supportive. Like my mom was funny when I was, when she watched the show, I was like, oh, what'd you think? She was like, well, you said the F word like five times. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. oh, mom, I'm glad, yeah, yeah. I'm glad that's what you focused on. Yeah. Uh, but I've always had like a sailor mouth, even from a young age and I've tried to change it and it's never going to change. So I'm just, she enjoyed it. She thought I did a great job. My aunts were actually really proud of me. You know, I think again, it's like, 
it, it was a really, I, the end was really positive. And so the, I think just, they hadn't seen that before. All they had seen growing up when people were divorced is like tragedy and sadness and the families are sad. And so because they saw that you don't have to be that way, they were just all very supportive. Well, speaking of sad, let's talk about Justin and how he, he, he kind of took you down a certain route. So Kind of looking at it now and while you were in it, what was that transformation from that to to now and, you know, what you realize now? I mean, when I was in it, I was kind of so shocked at what he was saying that I was like, where is this even coming from? And so for me, I didn't want to react because I kept thinking, surely he's going to come back and be like, oh, but, you know, I guess if I think of it this way, like I just kept waiting for him to realize he was being a judgmental asshole. But it just kind of never happened. And again, we filmed like hundreds of hours or maybe, I don't even remember, maybe like around 100 hours. And the episode's 27 minutes. I'm going to go on five dates. So you narrow that down. Justin's probably on the screen for like three minutes or something. But there were a lot of moments filming where he said things between takes that I was like, did he actually just say that? And I, for me, I kind of kept waiting for him to come to his own realization. Now, looking back on it, I realized that he... I think he was very triggered by something else that has nothing to do with me. There's no way, having met me, he all of a sudden thought I was a horrible person just because I walked down the aisle with doubts. Um, you know, I know his family, not to get into details, and I'm not here to like, you know, air out his family stuff, but I know, you know, his parents are divorced, so maybe there's something there. I don't know. I, I think, you know, he's got his own kind of set of things he needs to work through, and you know, I kind of wish I'd stood up for myself a little more, to be honest, even though everyone loved the episode and I kind of, you know, held my ground, but I was still respectful and didn't say anything crazy. But I wish I would have corrected him a bit more sometime and ended the date like way earlier than how long it went. You were probably really shocked though, right? In the moment. Yeah, in the moment, you don't really know what to say because I didn't expect this guy who's been living in New York for 11 years in the, you know, in the most, one of the most diverse cities in the world to be saying all this crazy judgmental stuff well, and the executive producer told me that his ex-girlfriend was actually indian not not to excuse what he was going through but he was definitely like you were saying kind of projecting not only is um his ex's story i'm thinking that too as well but I, I think it's his parents too as well and you could see like his whole life was coming out there but unfortunately you were the victim and it should not have happened that way for sure right yeah no for sure i was pretty distraught after that whole thing and like ironically when he first walked out, and usually like you know you go on a date you could kind of gauge right away within the first two minutes if someone's gonna do it for you or not and if there's a connection i actually was like excited when he like walked up i'm like oh cool he's like you know has been in new york for 11 years he's like a self-made man like he you know and i i thought we might hit it off and so it really took me for like a weird kind of it took me on a weird tangent when I was like okay this not only are we not hitting it off but this guy like hates me for some reason and I cannot figure out what I did to make him hate me once that episode aired um I think what was what stood out differently as well besides that argument that you had but you actually didn't pick anyone right at the end of the show and you got a whole bunch of viewers who were like, hooray. But then the other side was like, oh, where are you now? And they're always looking for some kind of um, 
some kind of happy ending. Totally. And like everyone loved that I didn't pick anybody because even though the guys were, a lot of them were great, I just like, I just wasn't feeling it. And I'm looking for like a life partner and I didn't see it with these guys. Um, and, you know, I ended up hitting it off with the director of the episode and he and I were dated for almost a year and a half. We're still friends. We're still um, in this right post breakup phase. Um, you know, still really love each other, but it's just, there's, our lives are just taking two different turns. And anyway, regardless. Um, and so when I first posted about that relationship, I was really, at first I was weary of telling people I was dating somebody because I became this like single woman icon, right? So it's either like, you're, you know, you're married with kids or you're like, fuck man, I'm going to be single forever. And I had, I had become that like, oh wow, she figured out how to be single and happy, um, which was great. And it's, you know, I have figured out how to be single and happy. Now I just got to figure out how to be happy in a relationship, but that's a whole different podcast. Um, and so when I, when I first, you know, started posting about him or putting videos up on Instagram, I got so many like, oh my God, congratulations, you deserve it. And I, that felt so weird to me because I'm like, well, what do you mean I deserve it? Did I like, was I missing something before he showed up? Like, why is his existence validating my happiness like I don't know I just I, and I appreciate the comments and I know people just like seeing others happy and I you know was very happy and all of that um but yeah those comments kind of made me feel weird <laughs> are you able to kind of talk about the the different types of people because when I first came to you I was thinking okay a lot of uh Indian people would um come to you and be like yeah you're you're uh we relate to what you're talking about but you found out that it's more than just people uh, Indian people that reach out to you to show support right 100% I get messages from like all kinds of women and i would say that, it, that in terms of like slicing my su my support or whoever reach out to me team like Gurky. team Gurky, there you go <laughs> yeah. uh team Gurky is not necessarily all indian women i think it's just it's been all kinds of women that are like oh my god thank you so much for actually showing us that we don't have to like settle and just pick a guy because you're supposed to pick a guy or you know oh my god i you know thank you for talking about being divorced or it, it was honestly yes a lot of different women you're right now that you have gone through let's start with the beginning you've gone through a divorce you started dating more and more has it changed the way you kind of look at people or now that you're understanding what needs to go into a relationship, what are some of the things that you're uh, looking at differently now, maybe now that you're uh, deeper into the dating game? Um, Now that I'm deeper into the dating game. That was a nice <laughs> way of saying you're <laughs> it's just getting oh older. I'm like, I'm, I'm like keeping that. I'm like, I will use that for a post at some point. Yeah. Don't worry, I'll give you credit. I'll be like, okay, right. from the Bay podcast. Um, well, I think for me now, um, as I've gotten older, I've ironically become a little bit more understanding of other people. I, you know, I'm not perfect. I've got, I've been shitty to ex-boyfriends before. I don't think I handled my divorce the right way. Like, I think there's a lot of different things I could have done better. Um, and after I've sort of dated, you know, I've been dating for obviously a while. Um, but there, there are situations that 
I, I've gone through that I'm like, maybe I could have handled that better. And like, you know, um, I'm just, I guess what I'm saying is I'm realizing like everyone's just doing their best and you know, you only know what you know. And sometimes people can be shitty to you to no fault of their own, but they're still doing their best. And, um, I don't know. I just kind of, instead of going the opposite direction where I'm kind of, uh, writing off more people, deciding I don't want to date again. Like I'm just realizing that people are so complex and nuanced that relationships could not work because of so many different factors. And, you know, I, you know, when I was younger and even in my divorce, I did a lot of blaming like, well, he didn't do this and this is his fault. And, you know, I got stuck in a stupid situation. Why can't I be happy? Um, but as I've gotten older, I'm realizing that, you know, sometimes people just aren't equipped for relationships. And sometimes you could love somebody a ton, but what you're needing in that moment, they just can't give you because they don't know how. Um, and I don't know. I just, I feel like my depth has gotten, um, my depth on understanding people has gotten just a little deeper. And like in terms of your relationship with your parents, like I know there's a lot of people who, you know, want to make a decision maybe in their dating life or, you know, to marry somebody, but it's actually their parents don't even like support their decision or like they could be in a, you know, thinking about getting divorced. Like what, how do you like counsel people in that sense? Like, do you feel like your relationship with your parents has like over time actually gotten better? because of the honesty and transparency? 100%. And I think because they've seen how much happier I am, they realize like they themselves like, oh, maybe maybe they didn't actually know what was best for me. Um, and my mom says all the time, like, I never realized I would be learning so much at 65 or whatever. Like, she's really funny about it. Um, yeah, 100%. She just by seeing me, she's understanding that she, you know, that I'm a different person. I'm living through things she has never experienced before and that maybe she doesn't know what's best for me. Yeah, I think that's awesome because that means for a lot of people the grass can be greener for sure for sure yeah i have i have i have awesome parents like despite us being from totally different whatever they love us and they just want me and my brother to be happy and one thing that i've kind of gone through too as well recently especially with what's happening in the world right now um can you tell us about, you know, you, you grew up American, we've grown up Canadian, and I wouldn't necessarily see myself as Indian first, but while you were dating and you went through what you went through with Justin, you started to realize a few more things on, you know, now I'm actually like, I'm Indian, right? Like, yeah, 100%. Like I, so I married an Indian guy, lived very much an Indian life. And then when I got divorced, I was like, you know what, I'm an experienced life and I'm going to get out there and go do what I want. And, um, and so I kind of went 180 and dated, I was like, no more Brown boys. Like I'm only going <laughs> to date American, which yeah. is wrong. I'm admitting I was wrong. Um, and I kind of took a 180. And so, yes. And to your point, when, when Justin started judging my parents and you know I had judged my parents too at the time that I was getting divorced and I'm like why aren't they supportive like screw that culture whatever like I had done the same thing I got really defensive and I realized like like no like 
okay, yeah, they came from a different world, but, you know, that's okay. And, you know, maybe there are some things that I could learn as well um, and that I am Indian and I shouldn't be ashamed of that. And who is this guy to come in and like judge me for it? Um, And again, like I'm 38, still single. I haven't figured it out either. I haven't found somebody and that's okay. Um, But I think there's just, you know, I think people need to stop judging each other and either within the relationship or other couples and, you know, understand that there's so many ways to make things work. But yeah, so I'm very, it's funny to your point. I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of, there's a lot of us that are in this weird position where we're American, Canadian, Western, whatever we are, but then we're also Indian, Bengali, Gujarati, Punjabi. um, And, you know, how do we balance the two? And on the flip side, ironically, you know, everybody that sent messages, most of them were positive. The only negative messages I got were actually from Indian men saying, oh, you're ABCD, which stands for American born confused Desi, which is supposed to be a put down at whatever. Or like, how dare you speak, you know, or how dare you go on dates? And, you know, so it's just like this weird whack. Yeah, it's yeah, super that's whack. whack. For a single girl, new in the city, big city. Um, what What's that number one to three tips that you would give to them or something that they should watch out for, something to consider? Should they be open to new experiences? That kind of thing. But I would definitely say to put yourself you know, push your boundaries a little bit, get outside your comfort zone, try to get to know people. Um, I think one thing that I wish I would have done more when I was younger is, and everybody says this, but it's, it's very true. And I think it's worth reiterating, like just cut out the negativity. Like if somebody's like your best friend from a million years ago and they're an enabler and they're always being negative, like just fucking get rid of it. There's this thing in finance called, and I always relate to this, this thing finance called sunk costs. And it's basically when you have a project, you should evaluate based on the future potential, right? So if I invested a million dollars in a house, but there's some trash getting built next door and now it's going to be worth $20,000, I should get the hell out of there even though I've invested $20 million in it. Same thing for relationships and people. Like just because you've been friends with somebody since you were 15 or however, if they're not empowering you, like just get the hell out of there. And maybe eventually you'll come back and you'll be able to be strong enough to have that relationship with it, without it negatively impacting you. Uh, but I wish I would have done more of that when I was younger. Yeah, Gurky, do you want to tell us about what Team Gurky is? Yeah, so not to be a Debbie Downer, but I got, uh, so I spent 15 years in retail and fashion, had a really successful career. I was a senior buyer of jewelry and watches uh, for Barney's New York and dream job, amazing. Oh my God, it was so much fun. Um, but I I got laid off back in April with COVID budget cuts and uh, tons of people got laid off at the company that I was working. And I've obviously, again, with COVID have kind of just been sitting trying to figure out what I should be doing. And I know I've had this platform, the show launched last year, and I haven't really done anything with it. Um, But honestly, watching Indian matchmaking like really triggered me. And I just felt like I want something out there that empowers women to live outside the social norms that we always see. And I wanted to be able to communicate what I think are ways you can do that. So I launched this week, uh, (laughs) teamgurky.com. Gurky.com was taken. I don't know what asshole is sitting on (laughs) gurky.com. But so it's teamgurky.com as in kind of a nod to the show and the hashtag that trended when people were supporting 
me and I'm just putting out great content to kind of empower women and um, hoping to write a book and come out with other sort of great things for women out there. So awesome. So hopefully when you go on your book tour, we'll, we can have you back. 100 percent. You awesome. hear it first. I'm committing to that. So. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Thanks for, uh, you know, spending some time with us. Um, and yeah, good luck on your Team Gurky stuff. Well, I'll definitely be following that. Awesome. Thank you. I really appreciate you guys having me. 